Hi, it's Paul again. Sorry, I had technical problems with part one. The uh, the voice recorder on my Chromebook just suddenly decided to stop at 14 minutes 30 to 39. So I've switched to the voice recorder on my mobile phone uh, because this one doesn't turn itself off randomly. So I'm sorry about that. I'm not going to go back and re-record it or edit it or anything. I'll just put it out as two separate parts. Also, uh, my brother, I'm up here in Sandbach staying with my family uh, we have a, a lovely Christmas get-together. A small but perfectly formed family of interesting, eccentric people who are all, all of whom I uh, would have as friends, even if they weren't family. So we're very, very lucky um, that we all get on so well. Well, anyway, my brother's making me a cup of tea and he's threatening to, to do a cameo performance with his saxophone. He's a professional saxophonist and, and composer. So if you start hearing a musical interlude, we'll just go with the flow and see what happens. <laughs> because after all, it's Christmas! Right, what was I saying when I was rudely cut off by uh, my Chromebook? Oh, yeah, the at sign uh, for ta- is a new way of tagging. It's, it's hopeless trying to explain it. Just try it out for yourself. So when you're doing a reader comment, just hit the at sign and from there it's obvious what you do and it's in just an easier way of tagging companies that you want to when you want to include the company a link to the stock report in your posts now what did graham look at monday oh he looked at a couple of quirky um agricultural groups called camellia and mp evans and he also looked at something called tech tek tech capital so have a look at monday's report if those uh, sound of interest to you Oh, also just to say, very much appreciate 174 thumbs ups for Monday's report. So that was uh, very pleasing. We do look at that. And if we see a lot of thumbs ups for a particular report, then we look at it and say, well, what did we do today that they particularly liked? And we'll try and do we'll, we'll try and do more of that. So using the thumbs up button selectively to tell us where you think it's a good report, uh, we very much notice and we very much appreciate it. Everyone likes to get a, a pat on the back, don't they? We're only human. Is that recording? Yes, it's recording. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Tuesday's report. Now, God, this was one of our random days. Graham was unwell, unfortunately. Uh, I had rather over-enthusiastic over, over sampling of the Christmas wine delivery uh, the night before. So I overslept. Uh, sorry about that. So actually, Roland rode to our rescue. Thanks so much, Roland, who always writes brilliant stuff. So he, he covered nearly all... I think he did the whole report, actually. So he looked at uh, Goodwin, GD. WN, which I've always really liked. I think it's really interesting. Uh, so thumbs up from me for Goodwin, although I haven't looked at the latest figures. He, he, uh, Roland also mentioned Expediator, XPD, which has received a possible offer of 42 pence per share from a private equity consortium led by the former chief executive Stephen Blythe. So that's interesting. Another company where they don't really rate um, the, the public markets as attributing a correct value to the company. I've never seen anything particularly interesting about um, Expediator, though, personally. So, you know, there we go. Uh, and also an update on Nanoco. So that was Tuesday's report. Thanks so much, Roland. You're an absolute trooper. Now, on Wednesday, this is the 23rd of December. Graham was still feeling a bit under the weather, but he did one section on insignia insg i think it is uh i think there's something to do with machine learning uh and fund and fund managers um 
I don't know. I, I, I don't really. It was an interesting section anyway, so it's worth a read. Now, I looked at, we are scraping the barrel a bit this time of year. There's a lot of the announcements. Not so many results and trading updates are coming out, but we still always find plenty to cover. I looked at Sanderson Group, SDG, which regulars will know is one of my favourite value gap shares. Great management, really good turnaround underway there. But obviously it's it might not trade that brilliantly during a recession. But it announced another licensing agreement with Ruggable, which is a company, innovative company. I looked at their website, I've never heard of it before. And they're washable rugs, which are split into two parts. So there's a base thing, which is like, I suppose, a bit like carpet underlay, but stronger. And then the, the I think Velcro fitted to it or, or something similar is the upper layer, which was the, is the actual part with the fabric and the, and the pattern on it for the, for the rug itself. And you can detach the two and wash the cover, machine wash the cover. What an interesting idea. So very good for areas of high football, footfall, you know, in and out of your home or office or whatever, where you want a, an attractive rug. Anyway, they've, they've licensed the William Morris fabric designs that Samson Design owns, of course. And uh, I'm not exactly sure of how the intellectual property works for uh, very, very old fabric designs, but it seems to be something uh, that, that, well, it is something that Sanderson Design successfully monetizes. And this is the second major licensing deal in America. And when I interviewed the CEO, Lisa Montague, who I think is brilliant, interviewed her a few months ago, she said, you know, the US market, they're only scratching the surface of it. It's a big area of growth for them so to be winning another licensing deal there i think is really really good so i don't think this particular announcement is that is is price sensitive but um it's good to see uh sanderson supplementing its uh you know i wouldn't say struggling but obviously the fabrics and wall coverings part of the business is going to probably see a bit of a downturn we don't know how much due to the, the softer economy but um, the licensing side is, seems to be taking up the slack. That's certainly what, what uh, I observed from the last uh, interim results. Fantastic balance sheet, of course, with, with Sanderson Design Group, so you don't have to worry about the thing. Now, this is an interesting one. Next, I looked at Wandisco, W-A-N-D. Um, <clears throat> this is one of this year's highest percentage rises. Now, we did flag back in on the 28th of June that a big contract win was coming through. Uh, I also flagged on the 15th of June this year that the results were absolutely terrible. So it's still a heavily loss-making, cash-burning company. Um, but that first big contract win in June, with hindsight... Uh, oh, no, sorry, it was the fact they got away a fundraise in June at a premium to the prevailing share price. That was a big tell. And I did sort of... I remember writing at the time that I couldn't understand why the institutions were prepared to pay a premium to raise fresh money for a company with such a diabolical um, financial track record. But looking back, obviously that was a, a turning point because clearly the institutions who put money into that placing were being told that, look, we're on the cusp of winning a whole bunch of big orders. Uh, there's no other reason why they would put the money in, in my view. Uh, well, anyway, uh, this week, um, which I reported on on Wednesday, there was a $31 million contract win or deal announced with half being paid up front 31 million dollars that's really significant so i said on wednesday's report this reinforces my view that something very interesting seems to be going on at one disco which we've been saying for several months actually now we've it's one of those stocks where we started off the year super super bearish on it because the financial performance has just been terrible but as the news flows improved we've started to flag up actually this is starting to look interesting 
because you know if the facts change you change your mind don't you very difficult to value now i think one disc is now valued at over 600 million and bear in mind that it's uh you know it's still oh come in here's andy with my cup of tea, cup of tea bro. hey bro yeah lovely oh you haven't got the sacks with you i can get it if you want yeah yeah. Six sugars, that was right, wasn't it? <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Andy. Right, um, right. what have we got? I think he's going to do a cameo with his sax in a minute, which we thought would be quite nice. So, yeah, one disco. Uh, we think that looks very interesting. Haven't got a clue how to value it. Right, Tremor International, T-R-M-R. Just a quick comment on that. It went up 9% on Sky News, saying that, the, the, that it's appointed Goldman Sachs to try and sell the company. Sounds as if the major shareholders are fed up with the valuation. Uh, it's on a forward P of four. I don't understand the business model. Never really understood the figures. Graham looked at it in August and flagged up various issues uh, with this company. And the director dealings um, don't uh, inspire me with confidence because they keep selling, basically. Now, there's a Saudi family office owning 24% of the company, which has raised my eyebrows a bit, given that it's an Israeli company. Tosca Funder on 15.5%. Now, News Corporation owned 5.9% of it. That's interesting, isn't it? You don't think, you know, you, you, I can't imagine they would have gone into this blind. So there could be something interesting at Tremor International, but I never know how to um, value it. So I'm just steering clear of it. Next, I looked at Xeros Technology, XSG. Uh, I've called it a dismal jam tomorrow company. Uh now, um, it's put out an, in, an update saying that its Indian partner is about to launch uh, com commercially washing machines using XSG's technology and that you can now buy at 3.8 pence a share, which is below the last fundraise at 5p a share. I, I've concluded that the, the cash burn is still too high and the chances of it working are, are pretty slim. So um, <clears throat> I think I've said, I've concluded if XSG needs to come back for more money again, it's probably going to be a pretty much a wipeout like we saw with Trackwise Designs recently. Super high risk. So you've got to be really, again, I keep going on about this. Another key point is we just don't want to be holding small speculative companies that run out of cash because the terms of fundraisings now are becoming really, really dismally onerous. You know, 80% plus discounts now seem to be becoming the norm. So if you hold these things and you know it's run up, likely to have run out of cash, why are you still holding? I mean, this is memo to self. I've, I've got a couple of things in my portfolio that I probably shouldn't hold that are now quite risky and I think they might need to raise cash. Uh, I just can't bring myself to sell them, though, even though I know I probably should sell. Maybe selling half is the answer. So then you've hedged your bets. I don't know. So it's something I ponder a lot myself. Purple Bricks, I put an interest, I think, interesting development. Um, an EGM vote to remove the chairman was defeated, but 28% voted in favour of the uh, removal of the chairman. So actually quite an interesting comment from the CEO saying in this announcement, saying she recognises that past performance hasn't been good enough and puts out a robust defence of um, the, uh, what the, of the changes that they've been underway and says that results for April 2023, the quotas will be clear to, for all to see with substantially improved cash and profit performance. So that is interesting, isn't it? Uh, cost base has been reduced. Oh, I can just see in the distance my brother's warming up the sacks. So I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we'll just go with the flow, but we thought it'd be nice to do something uh, random at Christmas with a musical interlude. 
Uh, Purple Brick's still got cash in the bank, and the market cap is now actually slightly below the net cash of 31 million on October 2022. So it's a special situation. Now, it's not a regular share that I would want to buy because I think it's a great company. It's not. But, you know, when you're buying the company for slightly less than its own net cash and the cash burn is being drastically reduced, that's actually quite an interesting um, potential situation. I'm just about to start Thursday's report, but uh, I think my brother wants to pop in and say hello to everyone again. So I looked at your gene health, YGEN is the uh, YGEN is the ticker. Uh, we've only covered this twice in the last 10 years because we just never thought there was anything interesting there. Just a speculative cash burning company. Well, it's done a horrific fundraise, 83% discount, along with poor interim results. So another example of a cash hungry speculative company that in the last chance saloon where, you know, the institutions who are prepared to back it want their pound of flesh. And basically you're effectively seeing a transfer in the ownership of the company from existing shareholders to whoever is prepared to refinance it again, which might be existing shareholders. Only sometimes do you get an open offer where existing private investors can can put some money in and very often it's not it's not pro rata, so you still get diluted even if you go in for the open offer. I think by things by the time things get to that stage, I think personally it's better to just cut the cord and ditch them rather than um, you know, rather than pouring good money after bad. But each situation is unique. When Disco put another announcement out on Thursday, another big contract win. Uh, and it also put out guidance for revenue guidance anyway for financial year December 2022. But I did question why this the revenue was so small, bearing in mind that it says in this latest update that it's booking, I think it was $10 million in immediate revenues from a one-off data migration uh, um, transfer, which implies that all the other revenues for the year are only $9 million. So, yeah, scratching my head about a bit about that update. Um, but it's the bookings figure that they like talking about, which is, I think, it was $122 million. So it seems to be the case that Wandisco has uh, booked enormous um, uh, upfront, or, or sorry, not upfront, but it, it signed lots of big contracts. But they're not yet turning into revenues and certainly not profits. So, I don't know. It looks so exciting in terms of the, of the contract wins, though. So... I'm, I'm actually tempted to just have a speculative dabble on one disco and just buy some. But as one of the readers pointed out, when you see these these exponential share price graphs, it's very often a spike. And actually, one disco's had two similar exponential spikes in the past. I think it was 2013 and 2018, where it's come all the way back down again. Although the, the scale of the recent orders is much, much bigger. So I don't know. I just think it looks interesting. So have a look at it. <laughs> Oops, excuse me. There's always one hiccup, isn't there? Ah, Tecmar, TGP. Very interesting. This one, I think, doubled it during the week. So I had a quick look at it. I'd pretty much written it off when I reported on it in June. But it's managed to stagger on. I read all the updates between June and now. And it's managed to... Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is our musical interlude coming. So Andy's back. Hey, Andy. Hello there. <laughs> Merry so, Christmas, everybody. Oh, yes. Merry Christmas uh, to everybody. I don't think I've said that yet. So are you going to give us a quick blast? Yes. Go for it. Something Christmassy or just... Do you yeah. Want to improvise well, something in conversation? Uh, 
Why don't you say something and I'll improvise to it. Okay, what do you think of... Have you looked at Techmar, a company called TGP, that makes undersea cables to protect wind farm uh, electricity as it comes ashore? That means well. I don't really give a rat's ass. <laughs> Language, <laughs> Timothy. So now Graham looked at Six Hundred Group, an engineering company, and Graham's Rents Income Fund. So I don't think there's really much to say about them, is there? Yeah. So let's look at Friday's report. <laughs> oh, there was also an interesting update from a f- fuel and food distributor called NWF. <laughs> but also quite positive yeah yeah no i like it so uh right that's thursday's report we've only got one more to go now so um should we have a little christmas sir uh, yeah christmas do you want to do a christmas uh, song yes, yeah go I think, for it um, what was i doing before I'm trying to remember Friday's report. Now, <clears throat> this one was very literally short. Um, I looked at Superdry. It's managed to refinance, and we were all quite worried about this. It's done a bank refinancing with a specialist high-cost lender. And um, I'm saying here it's a greatly improved risk-reward, and I estimate the interest cost, which is actually not ruinous. It um, averages 11.5%, which is expensive, but it only uses the borrowings for peak stocking up um, um, in part of the year, basically. Uh, but it's difficult to get excited about it. And actually, the trading update is a profit warning. The broker has reduced the profits. So I think this is less risky than it was. Oh, and he's, and he's limbering up. That was a bit mysterious. Oh, I'm can doing, you do it? Can you do no, a mysterious... I'm, I'm doing some background music related oh, okay. to your words. I'm creating some tension. Okay, great. Yeah, because we, I wanted a mysterious jingle for the mystery shares, but there, is, there isn't a mystery share this week. Uh, so super dry, yeah, I don't think it's madly exciting, but it's much lower risk now they've secured the finances for three years. And finally, now this one might need something a bit more aggressive sounding, Andy, because it's... M- <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's MS International, MSI. They've announced <coughs> a, a big contract in America for the sale of a new anti-drone gun. Um, now, the other... This is a bizarre company. We really like it. I think it was a mystery share last week, actually. Uh, <coughs> and it's saying it can fulfil the contract in the next calendar year. Shares have gone absolutely ballistic. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we really, really like MS International. It gets a thumbs up for me, despite the shares have shot up. Oh, and shrewd investor who's had a brilliant year, Simon Hedger. Vodka, quick quick step, I think he's called on Twitter. He's on this one. It's one of his biggest, or it might be his biggest holding. So he's absolutely on fire at the moment. So I think, and has been for a while. So, um 
a good guy to follow and I think so I think for me if I held MSI I'd be holding tight I think it looks very interesting that's pretty much um, all the individual shares for the week so do we want to have a little flourish Andy Just a few quick macro points. Uh, petrol prices, I've noticed, are falling rapidly. A lot of commodity prices are falling because of the uh, s- uh, stronger pound against dollar. So when all the hedging passes through, I think we're it's looking increasingly likely that inflation's peaked. And I th- I'm feeling quite bullish about prices actually maybe not rising as much in the first half and the second half of tw- 2023. Maybe that's why the government's stalling on a lot of these um, strike negotiations, because they think that um, <clears throat> if they can kick it into the long grass for a few months, they'll be able to offer a lower percentage and inflation will be lower. Uh, I've said here small caps are still cheap, but there's obvious uncertainty over performance. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I saw that there's um, an inactivity crisis. This is just something I picked up in the press. A lot of people apparently are now have retired over the last two or three years. Uh, take an early retirement at 55 or, or between 55 and official retirement age. So you've got fewer people in the workforce and fewer people have been trained because of the pandemic. So inactivity crisis is probably something we'll hear more about. Um, China. Can you think of anything oriental, Andy? Mm-hmm. Or is that racist? No, too, too racist. Too racist. OK, no, we'll forget that. <laughs> China. So uh, COVID in China has... Um, Obviously, surged in the last week. Horrible to hear about, uh, I think they said something like 5,000 deaths per day or something. So this COVID thing doesn't seem to be over, does it? And in commercial terms, is this an increased risk to supply chains? You know, I don't know. And and this strep A thing as well seems to have killed more healthy children than COVID did in the UK. So I don't it's all so depressing, isn't it? But um, as investors, we obviously have to look at these things on a human level, but also as a, as a risk level. And then finally, the, you know, key point, as mentioned before, uh, uh, dead loss companies needing fresh funding. I keep going on about this, but we had another one on Friday called Gfinity, G-F-I-N, which I think has never been any good. They put out a pretty horrendous update. I just don't think it's worth holding these things. They're too risky. That's pretty much it. My, f- my phone's gone off. Let's, uh, hopefully it's still recording. Yes, it is still recording. So it only remains for me and Andy to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, I think well, I'll do another podcast next week at some stage. So, um, so signing off. Uh... <laughs> enjoyed the slightly random improvised sax um, accompaniments thank you very much Andy uh, my checks in the post yeah. <laughs> righto I'll uh, I'll leave you to your uh, to your Christmases then uh, hope you all have a lovely time and I'll see you um, round about New Year's bye oh, or, oh no I always say bye